We are called to worship only Him, the one true God. Not many gods, not the idols of the world, but worship Him. And that goes with today's message from Daniel chapter 3. Uh, I broke it down. We're going to read part of it and talk a little bit, and then we'll read some more. If you're familiar with the book of Daniel, I, I love the book of Daniel. There are so many amazing uh, stories of God's power and God's grace and God's uh, provision and God's protection found in the book of Daniel. It's kind of like the Old Testament version of Revelation. Um, today's story is going to be about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, in God's great deliverance. I entitled it, Our God is Able to Deliver Us. He is indeed. We'll begin with verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to pause already. If you remember last week, we talked in chapter 2, Daniel gave the king the dream and the interpretation of the dream. Was the image in his dream made of all gold? No. No. The head was gold. The chest and the arms were silver. The belly and the thighs were bronze. The legs were ironed, the feet were iron and clay. But old Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to build me an image and I'm going to make it all gold. My friends, this is a indirect defiance to God's word to him. God gave him this dream, revealing to him what was going to happen. But old Nebuchadnezzar, full of his pride and arrogance, I'm going to make it all gold as if my kingdom's never going to end. The whole thing's going to be gold. So he made the image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura and in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and language, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music that you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. So there's a little bit of correction here. All bowed down except for a few. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and magnify you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you that you are always with us, that you watch over us, that you protect us. And Father, I just thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that your word will just permeate our hearts and our minds. Father, that we would completely and totally surrender our lives, but also to trust our lives into your hands. Father, as today's passage reveals that we can trust you, Father, at all times. That you are always with us, Father. 
that if we are faithful to you, that you will always be with us. Father, I just pray your spirit would be in this place. Help us to receive what you have for us today. And Father, that we would truly live lives that would bring glory and honor to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So to refresh our memories a little bit, at the closing of chapter 2, we learned where King Nebuchadnezzar honored Daniel because Daniel was the one that was able to not only tell him to interpret the dream, but also tell him what the dream was. If you remember, the Chaldeans, the, the sorcerers, the magicians, none of them could do what the king was asking. They said, no one has ever asked such a thing. But Daniel was able to do this. So the king honored him and promoted him in his cabinet. So it says he sat at the gate. That means he was part of his, if we would think in modern terms, part of his cabinet, those that was closest to him, part of his officials. But Daniel also, if you remember, he petitioned the king on behalf of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They too were promoted, not to the level that Daniel was, but they was promoted also. So here you have these four captives from, from Jerusalem that were promoted in Nebuchadnezzar's cabinet or his, whatever you want to call his officials, part of his officials. Now we don't know exactly how much time had passed from the time that Daniel gave the interpretation in the dream to the king to the time that he built this image. We do know that it says it was the second year of his reign whenever he had this dream and then Daniel interpreted it. So some commentators believe that it was in the seventh year that he built this. A lot of times, you know, we'll say in the fourth year, the tenth year of his reign, he did this or that, but it doesn't say in the seventh year he built this image. But the commentators feel that it might have been in the seventh year. So it may have been up to five years from the time of the dream till this image was completed. Now, you've got to keep in mind that this thing was nearly 100 feet tall and about 9 to 10 feet wide. And I don't think that it was gold through and through. It was probably built of some other material and then overlaid with gold. But think about it. An image 100 feet, you're not just going to build that image and plant it and set it, or set it right on top of the ground. So it's got to have a foundation. So it probably would take quite a while to build an image that long. I don't know if it took the whole five years or if it really was five years, but however long it did take, he builds this impressive gold image and set it up there for all to worship. He had finally finished it, however long it did take. My friends, Babylon was already full of all kinds of idols. All kinds of idols in Babylon that the people worshipped. It was common practice for the people of Babylon to worship idols. So for them, this grand celebration that demanded them to bow down and worship would bring no great conviction upon their hearts. Because they had many images, many things to worship in Babylon. You know, whenever someone worships idols or false gods, whatever you want to call them, they always have the tendency to multiply, to need more idols to worship, more false gods to worship. Why? Because you never find fulfillment until you worship the one true God. So they have to have more idols and more idols. You know, remember when Paul went into Ephesus? And he's seen all of the images and things that they worshipped. And they even had a sign to the unknown God. 
And Paul says, this is the God I'm going to tell you about. But they just wanted to make sure they covered all the bases. They need multiple idols to worship. My friends, it's same, the same thing holds true today. Whenever one makes their passion to collect things, I don't care, it could be from the smallest knick-knack to yachts or boats or guns, whatever. When we worship the things that are created by man's hands, we'll never find true fulfillment. Because it will never fill that void in your heart that can only be filled by God. John, 1 John rather, 2, 5-17 says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that is the things that we can touch, the lust of the eyes, the things that we can see, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. I found out a lot of interesting information as you search about Babylon. It is said that Babylon, or I should say that Babylon is called the birthplace of all false religion. Through the city of Babylon or came many, many false religions that are still very much in play today around the world. Even though Babylon was destroyed, as Jeremiah foretold, the religious concepts and customs that were birthed there spread throughout all the world and are in play today, some even in our Christian churches. When you look at Babylon, what is Babylon? Where, how did it begin? Noah's great-great-grandson, Nimrod. Noah's son, Ham, had a son named Cush. Cush had a son named Nimrod. And it is said of Nimrod that he was a great warrior, a great hunter unto God. But that does not mean that he was faithful and served God. Nimrod was actually the one who encouraged the people, encouraged God's people to build the Tower of Babel. Did they build this Tower of Babel for right purposes? That they could serve God? No. They built this Tower of Babel out of pride and arrogance. It says in Genesis 11, verses 1 through 4, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sinar, and there they dwelt. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone and they had asphalt for mortar, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. It was pride, pride in their, the things that they made of themselves. They said, let us make a name for ourselves. And they did this under the leadership of Nimrod. If you search Babylon and false gods and Nimrod, you will learn some very interesting things, things that you may not even like. Lent comes directly from Nimrod's and the practices he put into place. Paganism. So Lent has its birth in paganism. You won't like this one. Christmas. When do you think Nimrod was born? 
December the 25th. I know you wouldn't like that one. But if you ever wondered, you've heard said, Christmas has paganism backgrounds, search out Nimrod. You'll find him. So this pride and arrogance to make a name for oneself is nothing more than than the continuation of the lie that Satan used on Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said unto her, You will be like God. The people wanted to build a tower into the heavens that they could be like God. They could exalt themselves. It wasn't for God, it was for themselves that they would be like God. The same pride that had Lucifer cast out of heaven. In Isaiah 14, 12-15, it reveals his fall from heaven. He says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest side of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pits. Satan is the father of all false religions that began in Babylon. Let's go back to Daniel. You know, I have read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego many times. It's, it's, it's an amazing story of God's power. And you know, as I've read through that so many times, and you, you, you read where it says they had the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the symphony, with all kinds of music. They mention all of those instruments like four times in 15 verses. So I'd find myself, oh yeah. And they had the horn, the flute, and the harp, and the lyre. Well, I will ask you this. Why do we have music? Why do we have praise and worship in our services? Huh? To prepare, to make a noise unto the Lord, to praise the Lord, to prepare ourselves, to prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God. Well, that is exactly what they had the horns, the flute, the the harp, and the, what did they have? The lyre and symphony. That's why they had all those. To prepare the people to worship this gold image. To prepare their hearts for worship. The same reason that we do it today. But my friends, we must not worship idols. God said that we shall have no other God before thee. None. We are to worship God and God alone. May our hearts and our minds be prepared to worship Him. The one true God. The all-powerful God who is worthy of our praise. We can find so many glorious accounts of God's power in the Scriptures. We can read of the parting of the Red Sea and over a million people entering, walking through on dry ground and then the Egyptians destroyed. We can read where He backed up the Jordan River and again they could walk through on dry ground. We could read where wombs were opened that had been barren and women given birth at the age of 90. We can read of an axe head floating. Seems like a small one, but it's a miracle, right? We can read where the dead were raised. We can read where Jesus touched the ear and put an ear back on 
a servant or a guard. We can read where blinded eyes were open. We can read where water came out of a rock. So many amazing miracles, large and small. But our passage in Daniel, to me, ranks right up there as one of the most amazing miracles. The fiery furnace. So let's go back to Daniel chapter 3. 12 through 18. There are certain Jews. Now the Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews, told King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? So he's given them a second chance. He says, Now, now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. The king thinks he is, he thinks he's a god. He thinks he has ultimate authority. He thinks he has ultimate power. He says, who is going to deliver you from my hand? But Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, you talk about faith. Lord, let my faith be that strong. Let my faith be that complete where I could say, but if not, you know, my God will, be the, will deliver me, but if not, let it be known. I will not serve your gods. I will not worship your idols. Is our faith that strong today? Is our faith that strong these, these ones that came and accused them, the Chaldeans, they were the astrologers, the, the magicians, those that were unable to interpret the dream, unable to tell him the dream. You wonder, when you think about this, whenever Daniel and the friends, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prayed, they had a hand in this, whenever they were able to do this, to tell the king the dream, they saved their necks. Because the decree went out to destroy them all. So Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego saved their lives. But here they are now turning their backs on them, ratting them out because they wouldn't bow down. You would think, well, maybe we should be a little bit grateful because they saved my skin, right? Saved me from being killed. But they didn't. 
Charles L. Allen, in The Miracle of Love, writes of a fisherman friend who told him that one never needs a top on a crab basket because if one of the crabs starts to climb up the sides of the basket, another crab reaches up and grabs it and pulls him back down. Right? Crabs think, I'm getting out of here. Oh, no, you ain't. No, you're not. Keeps pulling them down. Well, people were kind of like that, right? They don't want anyone else to be honored or lifted up or promoted. Their jealousy outweighed their thankfulness for saving their lives. These foreigners got promoted. We're going to pull them down, right? Just like the crabs. We're going to pull them down. Jealousy. They pulled them back down. But they wouldn't bow. They would not bow down. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could have came up with all kinds of excuses, couldn't they? They could have said, well, we're going to bow down, but we're really not going to worship in our hearts. We'll bow so that we won't go into the fiery furnace, but we will not worship. Or they could have said, we are captives in a land and we're to obey the authority, so I guess we should bow down. They could have done that. But my friends, your actions reveals your heart. Yes. Your actions reveals what's in your heart. Today. Not just back then. So they chose to stand, to stand for God and not bow down to the image. So they didn't. They chose to entrust their very lives to God. The God that they served. They were put to an extreme test. And they passed with flying colors. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, let it be known, O King, that we do not serve your God, nor will we worship the image that you have set up. Faith will be tested. Faith will be tested to determine if it is true, if it is faithful. If God can miraculously deliver if God did, let's go back, let me back up here. If God miraculously delivered every person from every form of evil, everything that could befall us, well, there would be a line, millions and millions of people long just to be saved from what may befall us, right? For that insurance policy, if you will. So no, God does not keep us from every form of evil. People are robbed every day. People are martyred every day for the cause of Christ. So He does not deliver everyone. But He did choose here to deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We will get to that. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being much more precious then gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Trials and tests do come. But oftentimes, the tests and the trials that we experience in life will help us to grow. Help us to build character. Help our faith to grow stronger. I found a story about how the enemy can help 
improve our character, or make us stronger. And the story is about an attempt to ship fresh North Atlantic, North Atlantic cod from Boston to San Francisco during the 19th century. At that time, the only way to ship the fish to the West Coast was to sail around the South, South American continent, a trip that took months. So as you can imagine, the first attempts to dress the cod in Boston and pack them, I even said that with a Boston accent, didn't I? I didn't mean to. And to pack them in ice failed miserably. By the time they reached California, the fish were, as expected, unfit for consumption. Next, the cod were placed in a holding tank full of fresh water, shipped to California alive and dressed there. The results were less than satisfactory. The fish didn't get much exercise during the trip, and as a result, they were pasty and relatively tasteless. Finally, someone came up with an interesting idea. Why don't we put some catfish in with the cod? Because catfish are cod's natural enemy. Sure enough, when, they, when the catfish were placed into the tanks, the cods were alert and swimming around the entire time. This time, when the fish reached San Francisco, they were fresh and very tasty, very good. So the enemy kept them going. Friends, the enemy sometimes makes us stronger. I can remember some young girls that their faith really came out whenever it was tested by a foreign exchange student we had for a year. You know, many people over the years have been killed for their faith, martyred for their faith throughout the ages. The basic Greek word for being, mar being killed for your faith is martyr. No, the Greek word is witness. I'm sorry, I can't read my own notes. It is witness. So when Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me in Acts chapter 1, it had great significance for the hearers, for his followers. It does not mean that every follower of Christ will be killed for the faith, but would you be willing to be killed for your faith? Would you be willing to take the stand for your faith? Let's go back and read of the great miracle. And that be, yeah, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 27. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast these men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. And come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. 
And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. That's why I say I call this one of the most amazing miracles that you'll find in the Scriptures. I know the most amazing miracles is Christ's resurrection. Resurrection from the dead and delivering us from our sins. But this is an amazing miracle. The men that took them up, that fire was so hot that they died. And these three cast in there. The only thing that burned was the ropes that bound them. And they were up walking around in that fire. God had delivered them. What a miracle of miracles. An amazing miracle. God can deliver us too. He can burn away that which binds us. And that is the sins in our lives. That is the power that Satan may have over our lives. God can burn that away and set us free. Revelations, go back to speaking of Babylon a little bit. Revelations 14, 18. Another angel followed saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen that great city because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. My friends, as I spoke a couple weeks ago, the kingdoms of this world are going to come crashing down and God will set up His kingdom. The false religions of the world will come crashing down. That's what this is talking about in Revelation. Where are we going to be standing? Are we going to stand for God? Are we going to stand for His righteousness? Are we going to trust Him to deliver us no matter what comes? Are we going to trust Him through all the trials, through all the things that come in our lives? Or are we going to bow down to the things of the world? Are we going to bow down to the false religion? Are we going to bow down to the idols of the world? Or are we going to trust in Him? Satan is still the mastermind behind doubts, lies, confusion, and every form of evil. But the true believer must only trust in Jehovah God. Believe that He can deliver you. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. That's the question for us today. Are our hearts loyal to God? Are we strong enough in our faith to say, I will not bow, but I will stand for my God because my God is able to deliver me. Our God can deliver us, has delivered us from our sins, set us free through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen.